Hey everybody, Matt Michaels here with Sin City Steve and Simon Street on the Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. Today we have, according to Woods podcast host, Adam Woods here with us on our three count. And today, actually, three count is going to be a two count. Uh, we have two topics that uh, probably going to take us a little bit of time to talk about. So uh, we're going to going to keep it at a two count today, and we're going to kick off right away here with a story coming from Wrestling Observer Figure Four Online from the brilliant Dave Meltzer and Brian Alvarez. Uh, this is uh, AEW confirms CM Punk's return for debut episode of Collision. Tony Khan confirmed Punk's return on Wednesday's Dynamite. CM Punk's return to AEW has officially been confirmed. Tony Khan announced on Wednesday's Dynamite that former two-time AEW world champion will make his return on the first episode of Collision, set to premiere Saturday, June 17th on TNT from the United Center in Chicago, Illinois. Punk has not been a part of AEW television since last September when he and Ace Steel were involved in a backstage fight with the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega following uh, comments Punk made at the all-out media scrum. Punk has been recovering from a torn tricep uh, suffered during his match against John Moxley at All Out, while Steele was eventually fired after the incident. Uh, in recent months, there had been reports AEW would be launching a new two-hour show that would feature Punk as one of the top acts of the show. AEW officially announced Collision two weeks ago as part of the WBD upfront. But negotiations between Punk and AEW over his involvement hit a snag over the status of Steel, who he had expected to be backstage as a producer for Collision events. Punk's name was removed from the Collision announcement the day before the show was officially announced. Dave Meltzer reported last week that Punk and AEW eventually came to an agreement to return to television. Steel, fired shortly after the incident, has been hired back by AEW, but in a remote position so this is official now um we are definitely getting cm punk on this show and everything that kind of has been reported uh really kind of revolved around the idea that uh cm punk was wanted by warner brothers discovery to head up this show and is the reason that this whole thing came together. Now, this topic uh, is brought up by Sin City Steve. Uh, Steve, you heard the announcement. You heard the rumors for months. Uh, what is it uh, for you as an AEW fan seeing CM Punk coming back? So ultimately what it comes down to is this. You can say what you will about Phil Brooks as a person. You can say whatever you will about whatever kind of, you know, backstage antics that uh, he may or may not have gotten into along with Ace Steel, the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega at All Out. However, as a wrestling fan, what I can simply say is there seems to be a strange correlation to CM Punk being a part of AEW and AEW programming being good. And then what's happened the last, nine months which is AEW program not being good no CM Punk I'm not saying that he's the only correlation but I'm saying that we need to we need to see exactly you know what a motivated CM Punk can bring back to the product 
Because ultimately, as you said perfectly right there, Warner Brothers Discovery specifically wanted CM Punk. So what happens? Um, yeah, the day before the announcement, CM Punk is uh, actually served with uh, some papers saying that uh, we are going to pursue legal opportunities if you do not agree to participate in this show and fulfill the terms of your contract. So that, you know, you can look at that as forcing the hand. Uh, you can say whatever you will. Uh, however, yes, now three hours of TV on a weekly basis as opposed to five hours of TV on a weekly basis. Yeah, some of the names and some of the people in the promos and, and videos, yeah, CM Punk, Miro, Thunder Rosa, Andrade El Idolo, and Scorpio Sky was actually a part of one of the collision video packages as well. So we'll see if once this new show launches, if we actually get all of those names and faces that we honestly have missed seeing on AEW programming for one reason or another. Um, I am all for, you know, more AEW programming at the last ring of honor tapings. Uh, Tony Khan unveiled the board of directors for ring of honor. That's not expected to be an on-air role. Um, so that's, that should at least help out some creatively with, uh, with eight, with, you know, the, the mind share of Tony Khan. Um, and quite frankly, that's needed. Um, that, that is something that we've seen over the last, over the last couple of years is things not exactly being um, as smooth as what they once were. So I, I think that this is nothing but a positive and we'll see how long it takes for them to turn it into rampage part two. I think it's really uh, apropos here that uh, John said, Tony Khan provided to the world or proved to the world that he needs CM Punk to help with ratings and pay-per-view buys. The guy was a cancer. He was a cancer in ROH, WWE and AEW. CM Punk is the, is the common denominator uh, in, in that idea, which I find very funny because it's WBD and Warner brothers discovery is basically uh they have their own cancer issues because of the fact that you know both companies have been run totally like shit into the ground and this merger was probably one of the worst mergers in the history of entertainment so it's ironic that they're turning to someone who has been a cancer to um you know try to boost the ratings for a new show a new show that's happening on Saturday night, mind you, for two hours on a Saturday night. So, Simon Street, um, it's Saturday night. Your girl wants to go out. Uh, your kid wants to go see a movie. Uh, but you want to stay home and watch Collision, right? Well, I tell you what I'm, I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and sit down in the Indian style with a mic in my hand and just sit there for like 10, 15 minutes and decide to say some shit before making a decision for starters. Um, the one thing that I am going to tell you is this, and I said it in the show and I'll say it again. Tony Khan, you operate like a bitch. And so now you're being dealt with like one. Somebody is running your company. 
Now, I think it was cool. You didn't mention the article mentioned that they held CM Punk to what he had to do contract wise, right? But if you really honestly think Collision's going to float off of CM Punk's ass, you're shitting yourself. <laughs> wait, wait, is, wait. We got to we got to address this. Hold on. A yeah. floater off of CM Punk's ass, and they're shitting themselves. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying in the sense of this. Okay, you asked me what I want to watch Saturday. I'd want to watch Saturday for all the people that Sin City Steve had mentioned. I would actually, maybe not every Saturday, but I would on some Saturdays prefer to sit home and watch. But so, I'm saying so, they're building but, this all to be CM Punk. They're building this all to be CM Punk. They need him for for collision. Am I lying? Did, did I miss a point somewhere? No, but what's really interesting, and I think this is very funny about what Collision has become. <laughs> All those people had complaints or bitched or held up the company in some way. So what do we do? We put them all on one fucking show. Yeah, it's the Island of Misfit Toys, bro. We'll just it, call it, it the Hunger Games. They, 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 well, they, they named it perfectly in Collision. Collision course of... The, the, the bitching and complaining. I mean, shit. I mean, the booking can't be any worse than what it is now. Just fucking book it like that. My point that I'm making is, is this is turning into a shit show. When this was announced by Tony Khan, confirmed that CM Punk would do it. And that's when I first heard. I'm sure they announced it days before that. But when I finally heard it, I, I was just like, this is some, let's just fast forward. I don't give two shits. And it's nothing against CM Punk personally for me. It's just, again, if I'm going to commit time on a Saturday to watch AEW, I want to see some people I don't normally see. I want to see you actually do good by them to a certain extent, right? I'm, I'm, I'm just being honest. Like, like CM Punk is not going to hold my interest anymore because he's he's gone out of his bag. He does not have the Harry Potter bag where you just pull out new shit. It's the same shit. It's the floater that won't flush. Well, it's a pipe. It's a pipe bomb. Let's let's face it. The guy uh, created something that um, fans thought was absolutely a hundred percent real, uh, even though it was bullshit and it was fucking. <laughs> it was planned. Um, you know, it was bought into, and now he just uses that for uh the excuse to do anything he fucking wants but everybody uh, adam, does that now too before you go to adam yeah. everybody does that too that that fucking press conference with fucking uh i'm gonna take my ball and and go home type shit from uh, your boy i mean that, that 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 was a waste of time to me because been there done that got the t-shirt move the fuck on you know that's honestly how i feel about it it's a big waste of time all right so adam you know, you, you, you sit here and you have wrestling pretty much on every fucking single night now. It's Saturday night. Um, I mean, is CM Punk Destination TV? Is this, you know, are, are all these wrestlers going to combine for a better show or a watchable show? And is it just me or why the hell... Uh, if he is such a draw, then why are why is he not on your flagship program? And uh, does it make any fucking sense in the world to just have him on one show other than he doesn't want to do Dynamite because 
people he doesn't like is mm-hmm. on that show. So, total disclosure, uh, right off the top, I am a CM Punk fan. I and this is and also a person that has basically dealt with him in two different non-wrestling endeavors, like uh, a CFFC Cage Fury Fighting Championship, where he does commentary with John Morgan, like right. at, in the city of Coachella, like not you know where the Coachella happens, but not in the Coachella whatever whatever, uh, and he was absolutely brilliant his commentary was amazing and he shook hands kissed the babies the whole fucking deal right and then the other was at the egyptian theater in hollywood when he had that uh movie with the Soska sisters literally took pictures him and aj she's sweet as pie like i can't say any bad things about him um and i also like you know, CM Punk as a wrestler, the Anaconda Vice, that is a, a legit jujitsu submission grappling hold, like the, you know, taping up the, the wrist, like left way, you know, the, the style. I'm not saying that, you know, taping up the wrist is, you know, he's like the fucking first in the evolution or whatever. There are other people that have taped up their wrists and whatever, but in that left way, kind of like legit, kind of almost like, uh, what is it, Zagat in fucking Street Fighter, that deal, right? So, um, I like the, I, I, you know, and his first run in AEW, you know, like I'm CM Punk, like the fucking go back to those, go, go like, listen back to the crowd reaction. It, it He's over. Anybody that says he isn't over again, you have your biases. Like I m- might not be a fan of Roman Reigns, the characters that m- means no bearing on Joe Anawahi the man who defeated leukemia and is a father and a husband, much like myself, right? But, you know, a guy that is a SWAT guy that punches, get punched in the stomach and he sells it, but that's supposed to be bulletproof. That's, like, there's, I can go down a wormhole, right? But can I admit that he has been a draw for this kind of season of time of the last four years? Absolutely. Now, whether that be, you know, kind of cajoling a Vince McMahon or, you know, uh, literally we were coming out of lockdown and literally everything sold out, right? Every, you know, just like when we were in lockdown, it was the everything bubble, housing market, NFTs, crypto, all, everything was popping off at the same time. So if coming out of lockdown, if you book anything, indie event, rave, whatever, didn't matter who's on top, who's on bottom, whatever, that was going to sell out. If there was a patron, whatever, people had cash to burn, whatever, you were going to sell out, right? So CM Punk, it's an interesting case study because it's, you guys are, I mean, you know, people are acting like the CM Punk thing is an isolated incident, whether that be, you know, Warner Brothers Discovery wanting him to be a part, that was a request of the parent company of their television distributor, Right. But also, isn't that what Fox wanted to do? And WWE said, no, it's not an isolated incident. You mentioned all the people that are going to be, that are going to comprise what I perceive as a separate, you know, mainland AEW show and uh, comprise a roster. The Thunder Rosa, you know, like see, you said, the land of the Mystic Toys is exactly that. But again, all of those people have legitimate gripes towards the company, right? Yeah. So it's not just the Bunk. And talk to Will Hobbs, talk to FTR, talk to, there's a litany of people that have glowing things to say about CM Punk, right? That, you know, he was the one who kind of sat in 
and I might have been backstage at a show at a, in Ontario uh, when he basically gave up the the AEW title. Um, yeah, in the Bucks hometown, got a standing ovation, and he was sitting like literally in the center of where you know, like what would perceivably be Gorilla. Anybody that wanted to come up to him, he was there for them. Look at my match, whatever. He was there for them the entire night with a fucking bum ankle. So, you know, like he's a guy who has drawn, drawn money. Uh, every, you know, you, he's a cancer in RH. He drew an RH. OVW, drew an OVW. WWE, ECW, whatever, whatever. He has been at the top of the card everywhere he's worked. Even in the UFC, he the two times or three times that he fought, like, I, I don't know what that says about the UFC kind of powers that be, but he got paid pretty hefty sums for it, right? This is a guy that has overcome so much. Like, if you read into his backstory, and, I mean, he was, like, okay. literally a straight... I, I got to stop it there. Oh, Come go on, for it, go, go for it. No, no, I just, I, you know what? Because I'll go back and knowing some people who knew him being from Chicago, mm -hmm. uh, Phil Brooks is about Phil Brooks going all the way back then. Now, the, the problem I have is very simple. You can be a very, very uh, fan friendly person, very charismatic person with the people watching the product. Absolutely. That is what you should be, right? You should be someone who is great with the fans. But the um, the funniest thing about him to me that I just absolutely do not respect him for is this is a person who, when he came back after seven years, said he loves this so much. He loves wrestling, but he did not go to New Japan. He did not go to ROH. He did not go to TNA slash Impact. Why? Because they wouldn't pay him the money. The only other company had to be created and have a billionaire who could afford his salary to give him that opportunity. If you really loved it, then why didn't you go to one of those companies that wrestling fans, your fans love and respect especially a new japan or an roh and roh went out of business too remember this he if he is that much of a draw would have brought enough eyes to that product which would have kept sinclair very happy to keep roh so it it bugs me in that way in that sense that if you're going to say you love this so much but yet you're not doing it because of the fact that you're not getting that kind of money that you think you're worth. You have two choices here. It's either the love of it and you go do it and you do it a little for a little less and make more money on the back end on the merchandise, etc. Or you wait for the capitalistic opportunity. And that's what he did. And during the capitalistic opportunity, what did he do? He went into a professional situation at a scrum and sat next to the guy who's paying him all this money and made that guy look like a total fucking idiot. And that's the problem with CM Punk. He went into business for himself, and that's what the guy continuously does. 
So that's my problem. Even if he is a good person with your experiences, even if he's a good person with fan experiences, he continues to prove that when he's in a longer work environment, that he's kind of a dick. So, I mean, and that is all true. It's not hyperbole. I, I agree with you there. But also, in that seven years, sojourn between the WWE and AEW 10 years, there's a guy, you know, that would pop up in, you know, random indie wrestling shows, right? Some 30 people, some 200 people, some 1,500 people would show up under a hood. Kind of, in, in terms of stature, CM Puck ask. And would hit GTS on, you know, the 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 heels, you know, in a in a match, even sometimes in open, you know, uh, opening matches, right? That may or may not be CM Punk, right? And he did it over the course of seven years. No, no money. What money is he gonna make? Whatever. And he didn't want to take away from the actual promotion, right? But he would be there. There are a lot of times where I know for a fact that him and Lars Fredrickson were in were backstage to a lot of Bay Area events, a lot of um even Texas events, indie shows, just you know, non-descript or whatever, you know, and approachable to whoever may be. So it wasn't like he was there. But yeah, I mean, wouldn't you want to go to a company and make more? Right? And uh, you know, I, I hear a one of my friends uh it, I guess I don't want to out him, right? But one of my friends is all about, you know, like he's punk. He's a fucking corporate elitist asshole, whatever. Okay, cool. So is Johnny Rotten fucking trying to kick the homeless out in Venice. And, you know, like he's Johnny Rotten of the fucking Sex Pistols is the heir of aristocracy. Who to thunk? That's where we are, right? You know, Rage Against the Machine is charging an ass load of tickets, you know, through Ticketmaster, the literal fucking machine. For you know the reunion tour, so I don't know. Like, like who you like, dislike who you like. If you don't want to see CM Punk or Thunder Rosa or anybody, because I've seen wrestling Twitter, I've seen it all. Then don't watch Collision, right? Like my dad always said, like the best the voting power that you have is your dollar, right? And whether that and your patronage, right? So if you don't want a patron, time. Yeah, but, but the question becomes this. And that is, okay, if you don't watch it, which people will not watch it, all right, people will watch it, all right? We're, we're going to have, you know, we're going to have a curiosity crowd. You're going to have a big number, at least for the first couple of weeks, trying to see what this is. Mm -hmm. But the biggest question here is this. We already know that AEW has let's say realistically about 800,000 maybe 805,000 consistent viewers give or take every week okay and that's dynamite mm. the big question here for me is that if collision which a success for collision is simply doing better advertising number money wise than uh, uh, you know, Big Bang Theory reruns and a fucking movie that everyone's seen since 1986, right? So we know it's going to be successful, at least because the eyes are going to be way bigger in that realm. What's going to happen is this. Tony Khan is once again 
going to brag about how good this product is. And you're going to see the same shit creep in because, again, it comes down to talent having more control over the owner and making the owner believe that he's doing the right thing and having a great job and whatnot. And I think the, I think the Bucks and the Elite do the same fucking thing on Dynamite. And that's why you got two different that's, shows. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, you know, this is the problem. You know, we got to speak in truth. You speak in truth. Yeah. They just, they, they, they just do it differently. But, but the one thing that I was going to say earlier, the reason why I get the way I am about CM Punk is because like you Woods, I was a CM Punk fan. Mm. And, and it, but here's the problem when he came to AEW, I was disappointed. Now, I had to give it a bit of a grain of salt because it's been X amount of years since he's been back in the primetime spotlight. And AEW, we knew had the problems with booking the way they did, right? But it was okay. I was, I was, I was okay with it. But then this focus of what happened in that press conference, I feel like that is what is booking now for CM Punk. So it's almost like now they want him to be this person. So come collision, I feel like the focus is going to be just mostly that. And that's just my opinion. And I don't want that. I want old school CM Punk back. If anything, let's go with the whole island of the misfit toys and let's just call it like it is. Hey, you know what, guys? We're on collision because we're difficult to work with. Well, you know what? Let's start a rebellion. Aha! That's what CM Punk is good for. That's what made CM Punk in WWE. If there's two different shows in the elite or on dynamite, bring the fucking pain of collision. Right. Let CM Punk be the elite. I'm just saying, you have a problem writing storylines, Tony Khan. Here's one for you. Just buy me a ticket front row if you fucking decide to do it. So, no, uh, uh, yeah. Really quick, Simon's got a great point. The show should have been called Rebellion. Oh, I think WWE owns the trademark in the yeah, UK. Oh, so, yeah, 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 yeah. That's wrapped up. But but also, I mean, okay. So the thing about it is, there's a, a stacking of it that that's happening. The elite CM Punk, right? So we just came out of this pay per view, right? And the, you know, the what is it? The hard cam side was you know kind of tapered off, right? Uh, well, you know, United Center they're only running half capacity. Right. And I'm all like, is that a dig by, you know, the Bucks and, and Kenny to be like, oh, well, if they say we can't draw. Well, in his hometown, we can't draw like we got, you know, draw better in Ontario, which is a stone throw away from Rancho Cucamonga than CM Punk in his hometown. See, Tony, he, he, you know, he's not he's not what you thought he was like. And, and the the Bucks and Kenny have a over the course uh, four years. Maybe it wasn't as appearance when they were on the indies or what have you, but like they have this way of nitpicking, right? The the, the attacks, you know, they, they mock, you know, they're like, oh, we're going to be the, you know, the gentleman in the room and whatever, and then go out and fucking flub up CM Punk spots and shit like that. Or, you know, like basically do a live version of fucking botching, you know, a la CM Punk. And I'm like, you guys are supposed to be EVPs. Even that whole brawl out scenario. Imagine if you're the fucking not even the you know teaser pleaser or fucking hooters. You know, general manager. We're gonna come in and fight you if you say fuck off, right? But that's what executive vice presidents did. Where 
Paper titles. That doesn't happen anywhere. Paper titles. At the end of the day, the head of your company is not a true head of your company. He just funded the money. The EVPs that you have are not people that are qualified to be EVPs of a company. That's why you have what they say the old adage goes. That's why you have the inmates running the asylum. It is what it is. It all comes down to company discretion. That's why I said, Tony Khan, you a bitch. Mm. Well, yeah. And then the reason, and and they haven't grown outside of their core fan base, one iota, and that itself. And this is, you remember, you know, Kenny's whole thing, the box's whole thing, you know, we want to share our wrestling, our art with the world. Well, it's a minute detail compared to the wrestling fans that are in and around the world. Have we got glimmers of hope? Absolutely. The Forbidden Door, Danielson and Okada, when they, this was supposed to happen last year. Last year. Everybody, yeah. everybody got injured. So, I mean, knock on wood, you we get the card that I feel as wrestling fans and you patrons of both products, both New Japan and AEW, this is what we wanted, right? So knock on wood, everything comes into fruition, right? But, you know, we... I just watched like a fucking FMW card not too long ago, right? With Akira Huokuto, whatever. That shit was way better because like a Terry Funk, a, a, a Mick Foley, like uh, uh, what's his face, uh, uh, Onita, right? They were already fucking superb workers that did that, you know, the deathmatch shit after the fact, right? So that's one thing that the the elite are missing, I, I think. Right, because once you see one of their matches, you've seen them all. They're one trick pony. They make everything mean absolutely nothing in ring, and then even more so behind the curtain. What do you got here? And that's and and that paired with AEW not really having a succession plan beyond Tony Khan, this leads to a bigger issue. And again, I fuck. I've got AEW. I don't even buy figures like that. I've got like fucking 20 AEW figures and whatever because A, it's the fucking people that I like, but also I kind of have it as like a time capsule. If this shit goes fucking south and sideways, hey, there was that company where that fucking billionaire son fucking mm-hmm. literally took it to Vince McMahon. What happened to it? I don't fucking know, but it you know the rest of the shit is in the grab bag with the American Gladiators toy. Hopefully this will mean something, kid. And again, we all learned a lesson of what a money mark is. Oh, Russell Wishes? Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. 100%. It's sad. It's sad because, again, the talent is nice. But, you know, you said something about the elite. So, Forbidden Door. That acclimates more to the elite's brand of AEW. What about Collision? How does it acclimate to, to Collision? And I'm only stating it because y'all said something perfect. There are two different types of brand, which is okay. WWE, for a time had similar to that you remember raw and smackdown were Mm -hmm. kind of two different types of brands but again how does that work out this is stuff that i guarantee you tony may not be fully thinking because he stretched himself thin because when he's organizing he did it emotionally he organized AEW emotionally, which is not a bad thing if you have the right people around you to get you to calm down and make great decisions listen Let's let's be realistic, and I don't think this is anything that's ever been said before by any of us, and that is this. The cons are successful in sports teams, right? 
and automotive parts. That's where the money. Yeah. Yeah. But, but based on this, and that is the reason I say sports teams is there's a difference in sports. You have a league that is overseeing every single ownership and everyone who owns a team is part of that league. In professional wrestling, you have a company that you own and it's your company and that's it. And they're not publicly traded. So the idea here is they might be wonderful at owning a sports team, but there are certain rules and regulations and things they have to follow to go by and make those, you know, those things uh, successful. Um, and as John says, I mean, if tanking for Trevor is successful, <laughs> but again, I mean, honestly, if we're going to call it that, I mean, I would rather have Trevor Lawrence than Jimmy Garoppolo. There you go. Jimmy, I, I can't keep my foot out of a casket. He's the Chris Statlander of the NFL. Ooh, <laughs> damn. Ooh, too damn. hot, too soon. Yeah, too soon. I, I mean, he's an alien. Um, yeah. Wait, wait to wait to say that. Yeah. There you that go. One. There but, you go. But, but that's the whole thing. The whole thing is, is that in this venture, um, listen, um, in the NFL, you can be held up by guys and you can trade guys. You mm. know. But here, if you're held up by a talent, you either cave into the talent or cave into what the network wants you to do, and that's the one thing from the beginning. I've said it. Once the network starts getting involved, you're in trouble. And that's what we're starting to see over the last year is that there's more involvement. No one ever saw this change coming where Discover would merge with Warner Brothers. And the people who initially got behind AEW are no longer there. So the people who are going to be fighting for AEW now really are people who just want to make money and don't give a shit about what the product actually is mm. until so, somebody yeah. dies until mm. somebody, and, and, and that's probably going to happen sooner than later and i'm sad to say that yeah, yeah if they continue to let julia hart wrestle yeah oh i was gonna go sammy over under sammy guevara but yeah that yeah there's some well, stuff yeah sammy's got a kid, kid coming though so maybe <laughs> yeah, I, I mean but again but 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 you know we talked about earlier about WWE and Endeavor and titles and stuff, right? I and this is just maybe an ignorant comment, but just may base drive with me for a second. Okay. What if that's all Endeavor knew they could do or fuck with WWE? All right, right? Because it's a money-making machine. It's been proven years and years and years. At the end of the day, we don't want to mess with too much of the sauce because we know it's gonna make us money, right? Mm-hmm. AEW, they don't have an established sauce yet. Mm-hmm. So any company is going to be like, oh, I want to fuck with this. I want to fuck with this. And then Tony Khan, who's supposed to be a shepherd for his flock, is allowing everybody to just come in and touch the sheep, which is the product, any type of way he wants. I'm being honest with you. No, no, no. I'm being honest with you, man. He's over there pimping out the talent in the show, not even for market price. That's y'all laughing, but you're going to come back. No, I thought the, because- is the talent the sheep or the... 
Because I re- pimping that sheep for the well, the analogy, the analogy is is a pimp is to a hoe what a flock is to a sheep. You can't just let anybody touch it and they don't pay the price because what you have in sheep and hoes is product. It's money. It's your business. And so that's did, what I'm saying. Where did looking butch the sheep herders fall into this equation? <laughs> because I'm saying that. What if I'm rolling over in their grave? Right well, now? okay. <laughs> Going over or rolling over, two different. But I am saying with the part of a person that's a, like like a shepherd, right? They're supposed to make sure and manage the flock, to make sure that there's still a viable option to make sure that they can graze, which is opportunity, to make sure that they're safe from wolves. When you have these bigger corporations, if you don't have anything established, you're going to have any and everybody come in and do what they want to do because you don't have nothing established. And that's been AEW's problem business-wise. There's nothing really established. Well, Shepard Smith, you're, we're talking about, right? Yes, Shepard Smith. He couldn't, Shepherd be Smith. Safe, he, he couldn't be safe from the fox. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and we know that sheep are never safe from the foxes. So yeah. Well, but what is the fox saying? <laughs> all right really quick after after that um That's what we're, she gonna, said. we're gonna go to count number two really quick here and get this in uh before we uh say good night what are you talking about we're gonna keep this going my name's vince mcmahon we can just keep it going yeah pal <laughs> shout in sammy zane says people made assumptions about why he didn't go to Saudi Arabia before WWE NOC. Those are my people. Um, uh, one half of the WWE World Tag Team Champion, Sami Zayn, is the guest on latest After the Bell with Corey Graves. Um, Zayn talked about going to Saudi Arabia for Night of Champions. It was really, really, really kind of a heavy trip, to be honest. There was a lot that went into it. First of all, the fact that I haven't been there in a few years and that there's been so much speculation as to why I'm not going and what's the political reasoning, this and that. I won't get into all of it, but I'll tell you 99.9% of what you read online about this subject completely fabricated, people assuming things, and then uh, running with those assumptions and adding on to them. It's wild. I think it's any time they can't get a concrete answer that's kind of what it tends to happen. I think that's like human nature almost. It's been years since I've been back to the Middle East. I think the last time I was there was maybe 20, maybe 16 in Dubai, possibly. So it's been a little while. Of course, as you saw in Premium Live event, all I have, all, all this to say, I'm Arabic, I'm Muslim, all this stuff. And that's like part of the world. I understand those people. Those are my people. When I went there, I go. I got to go to Mecca, which was just a real experience. I also saw my uncles that I hadn't seen in 25 years. I have cousins that I haven't seen in 25 years. I met my great uncle that I didn't even know existed. So it was pretty heavy in a lot of ways. It had a lot of weight. And then actual the actual event itself and the reception from the audience, it's kind of what I've been waiting for for a while in a way because again i always felt like i would have been the natural representative for those shows and i just wasn't so it was good to finally be put in a position and in a main event spot opposite roman and solo and the story that's kind of been carrying uh the company for a minute now so i don't know i felt 
like it all kind of just came together perfectly. I couldn't have asked for a better way to go back. It was perfect. Um, so, you know, it's it's kind of the idea here that Sammy actually, you know, was saying that people just made assumptions uh, of him, why he didn't go back. Simon Street, this is your uh, topic that you sent in. Uh, what are your feelings about the idea of uh, Sammy actually really just enjoying going back and really uh, had some personal reasons, but most of the shit that was out there on the internet was bullshit. Well, I mean, I first and foremost brought it out because, you know, I love the opportunities where I can say that I was wrong. And long time ago, way long time ago, when we first started this Saudi Arabia deal, um, I was very passionate and even, dare I say, ignorant in saying some of these claims. So, you know, it's kind of a good opportunity for me just to, you know, be a person of integrity and say, hey, I was wrong. Um, but more importantly, too, I'm glad I was wrong because look at it being one of a very uh, high moment for, um, you know, Night of Champions was Sammy. I mean, like 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 that was a very sentimental moment. Uh, dare I say even, you know, supercharged the show for a match, you know. Uh, and again, it just goes to show us that, it, look, we all have our opinions. I'm a very strong opin uh, opinionated black man. But at the end of the day, I don't get high off my own supply and tell everybody my shit's gospel. It's not. And it just goes to show that a lot of we, we you know, wrestling fans, we have big imaginations. Sometimes our, our, our opinions kind of get the better of us and stuff. And so I'm glad that Sammy took the opportunity because he didn't have to. That was a private moment for him, first and foremost. Him going to Mecca, and I get the whole big machine of WWE wants to highlight everything, but for him to even continuously to kind of share that, I think that's very special. And I'm glad that we were all who watched it got a chance to go on that journey with him, and it meant that much more uh, of what that match meant to him. You, you get what I'm saying? Because we always have people that go to their hometown, right, and wrestle in front of their people, but for Sammy, it was a lot bigger. Now, now I'm sure WWE made that bigger than what it was, but for us, it was cool because it answered something that we were pondering about for like seven, eight years, maybe almost. Well, well you just said something that brings me to you, Steve. Uh, you know, Simon just said hometown. Well, really, Sammy just wrestled in his hometown a couple months ago in Montreal, which was a huge event. So he just got two of the biggest things in his whole life and obviously has been rewarded for what he's done with this story of the bloodline and what he's been able to do. Uh, as a trooper in the company and also let's face it it also coincides with the fact that triple h is now in head of creative so uh you know is this a sense of up until now there hasn't been a reason for him to go over there and to have you know uh, that kind of attention because He's never been in a position in the company that would make any sense for him to be presented as he was at Night of Champions. Without a doubt, man. It, it's just think back, if you would. Obviously, uh, you know, it wasn't too long ago that Sami Zayn found himself in a match against Johnny Knoxville as a comedy match. And if he didn't just blow that out of the water and then embark on the biggest career arc excuse me the biggest storyline arc in his career 
yeah, I, I, I think that you hit the nail on the head with that. Um, you know, he, he wasn't in the position to where it would have necessarily been worthwhile. Um, but realistically, I mean, this was the time to do it. This was the time for him to go back because many people thought that he should have won the, the undisputed title, the universal title in Montreal. Um, and this is the hottest time of his entire career right this moment. And, you know, you can say whatever you will about, oh, well, they should have done this or they should have done that. Who's to say that they still can't double back and find a way to do it? Um, Sammy is quite frankly, the, you know, I would say the, one of the most over baby faces in all of professional wrestling, uh, no matter which promotion you're looking at. And, and I think that he's going to have that kind of level, um, until somebody foolishly has him turn heel, but I don't think anyone's that stupid. So realistically, I, I see his trajectory going up and quite frankly, in a year, it wouldn't surprise me if he is the world heavyweight champion or the universal champion. Um, Adam, when you look at what this means in terms of being uh, an international uh, representative, um, not only in terms of, uh, you know, the sport of wrestling, but for people who are, you know, looking for an escape uh, out of their lives or looking for someone they could look up to and know that they could be just like them one day. I mean, how important is the fact that Sami Zayn has gotten this opportunity and is, uh, you know, setting that example for possible future generations? I thought that was Mansoor's job. No? Well, we don't, we don't know. Now, now we don't talk about Bruno. Um, no, so, so let me get this straight. And uh, shout out to Corey Graves. Uh, to me, he's our generation. Not that anybody would compare to the late, great Bobby the Brain Heenan, one of my, like, that's who I draw inspiration for uh, continually throughout the course of my career. Um, but, I mean, he everything that Graves does, I, I mean, I watched him and uh, saw, like, the PWIs with him as Sterling James Keegan. Like, he's been amazing for damn near 30 years. Like, you know, so uh, shout out to him. But let me get this straight. So... Sammy had family in Saudi, you know, a long lost a great uncle, you know, who probably is the latter stage of their life and what have you. That wasn't enough incentive for him to go back to his people. But a main event slot would. So he's no different than CM Punk. And yep. Sure. Okay. So, but I mean, and I, I don't want to get into the political side of things because I don't, I don't know enough, uh, you know, about the, you know, I know he's Syrian and, and a practicing Muslim and what have you, but also, no, you know, in, in terms of like the Orthodox Muslim, like the way that his, his wife was in, in, you know, in Montreal, with, you know, with the traditional head garb. I, I don't know where that all fits in, if it's a Montreal thing or a Muslim. So I, 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 I can't speak on that, you know, with any sort of... Um, legitimacy but what i can say right is the fact that saudi arabia right 
they didn't want to tell they wanted Yokozuna. They didn't want to tell the Saudi king, whatever. So they just random sumo guy and he shows up, whatever, right? So how could the king of Saudi Arabia and the Saudi Sports Commission look at the last what 352 week, 51 weeks of WWE programming and not want Sami Zayn that they they're like you know that same the Ric Flair clause right where fucking Ted Turner is like we gotta have fucking Ric Flair otherwise this whole deal is the shits right so we don't know what happened right but right. I want to believe, and that's that's just me. I want to believe that he, Sami Zayn's star and trajectory over the last how many what, year and a half has been so bright that it was un, undeniable. And the people of Saudi Arabia and the Sports Commission were like, whatever bureaucratic red tape that there was, that shit went right out the fucking window. And we got this amazing moment, you know, of him in Saudi, you know, the pop when he had the garb. It was fucking phenomenal. One of the greatest moments in wrestling history. And I wouldn't want, I don't want to downgrade it and rate it and whatever. No, but it, it was one of the most transcendent. You didn't have to watch or know the storyline. You see that pop. The people are fifthly casual friends. I'm just like, oh, what the fuck are you watching? You show them that and I'm like, oh, what is going on here? And that is something that crosses the pop culture lexicon into not just wrestling fans, but fans all over, fans of whatever it is. Naruto, what that transcendent moment, right? Um, but I, I will also say, Sammy's statement, it's kind of WWE kind of hyperbole. We saw it when the Daniel Bryan saga and whatever. We knew what we were doing, whatever. And, he, you know, that spot at Mania 30, that was all going to be him. No, it wasn't. We've heard from Batista. We've heard from we've heard from everybody. That wasn't the plan. It was us that changed the trajectory of Brian Danielson's life and career during that time, right? Um, so, you know, Seth Rollins utters it. Like, there is a, a, like a corporate speak. I don't know if it's WWE speak corporate speak or whatever, but it permeates in times like this, right? And I don't, like I said, I put over Graves because he deserves to be put over, but this is a WWE sponsored podcast, right? So they're not, we're not going to have like a RF video shoot or, you know, like, you know, what somebody that isn't in the auspices of the WWE universe or network of distribution is going to say, we're not going to get, you know, the hot button, topics being talked about right that's going to be on the cutting room floor if if ever talked about um but that doesn't take away from sammy and this moment the, the real life guy that this happened to um so kudos you know whichever way you know he has his reasons whatever in, in my mind i mean an alter ego of him is you know at an orphanage in tijuana right right yeah yeah, yeah. so I mean, he transcends, right? Whether it be, you know, uh, villages in, in Mexico or in the Saudi government or, you know, Rydia or what have you. He transcends. So um, as a guy that, you know, worked in front of like 20 people, you know, you could have the AJ Styles promo, you know, from SmackDown and what have you. Well, this is a guy that has done it. And to have, like it said, three WrestleMania moments, in a fucking calendar year, and the year's not even over. Kudos to him because he's worked hard for it. And even that Monaco match wasn't bad. Wasn't bad. Mm -hmm. Nope. Nope. 
yeah um and and i think that uh you know it's it's just all around a good story uh especially for someone who um you know started off his career as a uh, masked wrestler who was generic so um mm -hmm. to to go all the way to where he is now is just a wonderful thing to see all right we're gonna wrap it up now uh, final thoughts uh simon street well, you know, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in and spending time with us on this special late edition of Vegas Bad Boys Podcasting. Simon Street's going to leave you guys in with one more quote. If you look at the people in your circle and don't get inspired, then you don't have a circle. You have a cage. And there's probably sheep in that cage. Yeah. With the, and pimps. Butch. And pimps. Yeah. And, pimps. and butch. And, with and a boomerang. There you go. Al Costello somewhere <laughs> with the All fucking right. uh, windjammer. Sin City Steve. Oh, man. Thank you guys for hanging out with us tonight. Thank you for liking, sharing, subscribing, doing all the stuff that you guys do. We appreciate each and every one of you. Very special shout out and thank you to all the brave men and women serving this country. Whether you're doing it on lands, foreign or domestic, thank you for doing what you do so that we can do what we love to do. And last but not least, repsports.com, reppsports.com. Go there for all your pre-workout, weight loss, and general energy needs. Again, repsports.com. Promo code VEGAS at checkout. Save yourself 15%. And Adam Woods, your final thoughts. You can uh, find me at Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter, the According to Woods Principal Podcast, as well as Instagram, where I'm posting dumb shit almost on a daily basis because I do the work, so you fucking don't have to. Uh, that's literally what I'm coming with. But uh, moreover... If you haven't already liked, shared, and subscribed to the Vegas Bad Boys podcast, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. They are putting out premium content for you for free. For free. Like the best deal in Combat Sports, MMA, pro wrestling. You got it. They love it, and they bring it to you so you don't have to do the legwork. They've done the legwork for you. So go ahead and like, share, and subscribe. Is that the bottom line? Because, I don't know, Adam Wood said so. Well, we appreciate that. And uh, for those of you listening to, we appreciate you guys for tuning in as well. And uh, DJ Impact will be out for this whole month. So, um, you know, you'll you'll get to hear his wonderful voice here, in, you know, coming July. And uh, we'll be glad to have him back. So from now, though, uh, until next week, everyone, uh, please uh, stay safe out there and happy wrestling, everybody. Thank <laughs> you.